Here on the ground, change happens fast. Problems feel frequent and urgent. It's loud and anxiety runs high. From a satellite view, the Earth looks the same as it did thousands of years ago. We've been here before. Let's learn from our past and shoot for a better future. Hello and welcome to a new episode of A Satellite View. I'm your host, Todd Mickelson, speaking at you. From Saturday, August 26th, 2023 in the Space and Time Continuum, I usually record on Thursday nights, but there was extra stuff going on. It, that, that was a indictment eve in Georgia. Pretty uneventful, really. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're used to it now, right? A former president being indicted. The mugshot, I don't know. I think there's a chance it was pre-agreed that Trump could, you know, like Photoshop it or something. Or turn in his own photo or something like that. It looks different than the other mugshots. I don't know. You know, I don't want to become a huge conspiracy theorist. Like Vivek Rosman Mommy. We love to say his name. Vivek Rodebubby. Kind of crazy, huh? One thing that happened this week was the debates, of course, or the debate, the big GOP debate. And Ramaswamy is making a lot of news because he was the most obnoxious on the debate stage. And he's just obviously trying to get news by saying crazy stuff. If Oh, and if, by the way, if you hear... I'm actually wearing a, a, a my my uh, like 1970s leather coat. If you hear the ruffling of of leather, it's you know the end of August. Yesterday was 90 degrees or uh, upper 80s. Tomorrow's going to be upper 80s, but today I'm wearing a jacket here in Minnesota, and we have on the docket in about a week. Right now they're predicting there's a day in about a week that's going to be 103 degrees up here in Minnesota. But no, climate change is a hoax. Another thing that he's saying. It's a hoax. That guy is crazy. He ain't going nowhere, I don't think. But it, it, it just goes to show you that right now the Republicans are just trying to be, you know, you're not, you're not supposed to vote for the most exciting person to be your president, right? <laughs> Here's some similarities. Here on a satellite view, we like to go back in history. Back in the Great Depression, the 1930s, the Great Depression came at the end of 12 years of Republican rule in the United States, even though there were still a lot of Democrats that were conservative, but the Republicans were pro-corporation by the 20s. And, of course, it ended with the Great Depression. People were wanting escapism. So Charlie Chaplin, you know, Betty Davis. And another thing that was going on was a lot of people, you know, uh, so many people were laid off, lost their jobs, lost all their money. A lot of people turned to, hey, let's rob a bank. And then a lot of poor Americans who were angry at the powers that be, they were angry at the banks. They were rooting for these people. Bonnie and Clyde had a very famous run, crime spree, for a couple years that ended in 1934. 
I think in uh, May or something like that of 1934. And I was doing research for this show, and I, I, and I want to start by telling this very interesting story about Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> so you probably know about the ambush that ended up killing Bonnie and Clyde. The law enforcement was really having trouble because Clyde was a great car driver, and he was a great uh, gunfighter. So they were pretty hard to catch. And also, 1934 was the first year that the Ford V8 engine came out. So they would steal these Ford V8 sedans and run across the country, and nobody could catch them because it, uh, that car was faster than the current police cars. They'd get in, they got, had tons of car chases, and Bonnie and Clyde would always get away. It's a long story, but they found a way to, uh, I think it was something like Bonnie's uncle. They talked him into distracting them and parked his truck on the road that they were speculating Bonnie and Clyde were going to come down. And so Bonnie and Clyde slowed down, and then there were, you know, like 10 guys with machine guns sitting in the weeds, and they just opened fire put 167 bullet holes in the car, plus more than 50 bullet holes in each Bonnie and Clyde. A lot of bullets, a lot of blood, very gruesome, very graphic, very gory. And that was a stolen car. And a woman who lived in Topeka, Kansas, was the owner of that car. <laughs> and after Bonnie and Clyde... After this whole thing happened, she got her car back. They gave her car back to her, and she drove it. So they ended up having this ambush down in Louisiana. This woman drove that car, filled with bullet holes and blood and broken glass, from Louisiana back up to Topeka, Kansas. And then she rented it to a guy who was like a carnival barker. They called him the crime doctor for some reason. And he took the car on tour, <laughs> and everybody wanted to see it, because Bonnie and Clyde were huge, hugely, hugely, hugely famous, because America wanted a distraction. People were angry at the powers that be, and people were angry at banks. People were pulling for the criminals. They were pulling for Al Capone. They were admiring Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde murdered 13 people in these, like, a, a year or two years that they had this big crime spree. But still, poor people, rural people, uh, probably you know less educated people, were on the side of Bonnie and Clyde. They were like, yeah, take down the banks, the banks! Does it sound kind of familiar? Al Capone was kind of admired, and then he did the Valentine's Day Massacre. He ordered it in Chicago where these guys posed as cops and raided a, another gang, the, a rival gang of Al Capone, and they lined them up against the wall like they were going to arrest them, but then they just took out machine guns and just mutilated them. And then the newspapers released photographs, very gory photographs of all the dead gangsters, and even though these guys were gangsters, America kind of turned on Al Capone because it's like, wow. Once it was put in front of them, once the actual crime was put in front of them and made apparent to them, they turned against Al Capone. 
Bonnie and Clyde, there was an incident on Easter Sunday in 1934 that turned America against Bonnie and Clyde because a farmer witnessed, Bonnie and Clyde didn't see the farmer. The farmer witnessed them sitting in a car and then two motorcycle cops came up on two motorcycles just to check on them, just to see, hey, you're sitting here in the middle of nowhere. Is everything okay? And the cop, when he was walking away, Clyde got out and shot him. And then the other cop tried to go for his gun and Clyde shot him too. And then the first cop wasn't dead yet. Bonnie got out of the car and took her little handgun and shot him in the head. The farmer witnessed that and reported it to newspapers. And the story was so sad and gory and, and brutal that a lot of Americans then turned against Bonnie and Clyde. And about a month later, they were ambushed. They put photos in the newspapers of their dead bodies, and people were like, yeah, they're, we're, we're not with them anymore. And I just want to say right now, I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, I would not lose any support. But if we saw a photo of the person you shot, you would. You're being indicted. and being indicted for you. Every time I get indicted, my poll numbers go up higher. Because the people who feel jilted by the powers that be have been supporting you now for a while because you tricked them into thinking that you're a man of the people. The weakest people. You've been having them give you their money, even though they don't have enough money to feed their children. And they think, yeah, he's going he's gonna to drain the swamp. When in reality, he replenished the swamp and enhanced the swamp. And now he's being indicted and everybody's saying he's innocent. But what's going to happen when there's records of witnesses saying, saying things like he wanted to keep the documents because he wanted to sell them to Iran? He wanted to keep the documents because he wanted to sell them to Saudi Arabia. As a matter of fact, he did. And that's why Jared Kushner got $2 billion. What's going to happen when the American people start hearing things like that? And by the way, Bonnie and Clyde had way more of a high percentage of Americans rooting for them just because they were bored mostly. Way higher percentage of Americans rooting for them than Donald Trump has rooting for him. And that's something that he does not realize. He says, we're going to have 200 million votes, 250 million votes. Okay, there's not 250 million voters eligible. I don't know what the numbers are, but 250 million votes has never happened for, uh, uh, in total, much less for one person. So he has no idea. He's delusional. He thinks America is behind him. He th and his followers think that the majority of Americans are behind him, and they're just simply not. By the way, one true believer. Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's saying that Donald Trump's First Amendment rights are being taken away because he's being indicted, and then she's going to scream even harder, harder when he's prosecuted. There's a guy in New York who threatened Marjorie Taylor Greene, I don't know, online or something, and uh, he was just sentenced to three months in prison. Is she going to say his First Amendment rights were taken away by the DOJ? And by the way, they say Biden's DOJ. It's not Biden's DOJ who's doing this. It's our DOJ. It's the American people's DOJ. Much as I disagree with you Trump supporters, 
It's your DOJ and it's my DOJ. And, and Trump is the one who weaponized it. Biden is keeping hands off. And by the way, it's not Biden or even the DOJ or even Fonnie Willis or Jack Smith that has indicted Donald Trump. It is a grand jury of regular American people, a grand jury of his peers and our peers. It's you and me. And when we heard the evidence, we said, yeah, we got to indict him. And that evidence is going to be made known, not just to the grand jury, but to everybody during these trials. And that's when we're going to all of a sudden see, yeah, I don't know, Bonnie's not so cute anymore, is she? I didn't like the way that she just walked up to a dying man and put a bullet in the back of his head as he was crawling across the ground. I'm not so happy about finding out that Trump really did compromise the safety of you and me, the safety of America and Americans for gain of money. Has anyone actually investigated whether or not Trump is a billionaire? He's completely full of crap. People in New York have known it for decades. The ones who know him best are not rooting for him. Bonnie and Clyde were ruthless murderers. They would kill just to make sure that they didn't have to pay the price for the crimes that they had committed. That is Donald Trump. That is a lot of Republicans, sadly. You know who supported a convicted felon? As their leader, right now the Republicans are saying they're willing to, but you know who else did? What other group did? The Nazis. The Nazis, that's who. I know we're not supposed to say that, but too late. <laughs> All right. A lot of things happened this week. We're going to touch on some of that stuff. We're going to take a short break and come back. I'm Todd Mickelson. You're listening to A Satellite View. that the music on this show is original music recorded by me. I'm a control freak, so I insisted on playing all the instruments, doing all the writing and all the recording and production and everything. I won't let anyone else invade my stuff because I'm a control freak. And you can find this music if you go to toddmickelson.com and hit the music link. Here's a Charlie Kirk and apparently some other Republicans, saying um, the black vote is going to come out strong for Donald Trump in 2024. They just arrested Trump and booked him in the blackest jail the state of Georgia has. And Fonnie Willis just made Donald Trump the most relatable man on the ballot for the black community. Wow. They can't tell that them saying that is completely racist. 
They think they're winning the black community by having their leader be a criminal. By the way, I mentioned the Lake Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy. We love saying, we love saying his name. It's fun to say, Ramaswamy. He wants to raise the voting age to 25 and says that you can only vote if you're between 18 and 25 if you pass a test on United States history. That's how they apparently think they're going to win the Gen Z vote <laughs> by not only telling trying to take away their rights, their right to vote, but then insulting them, saying you don't know anything about the United States and you don't know enough to even be able to vote, so we want your vote. <laughs> I mean, there is no brain power in the Republican Party. Also, by the way, today, they're talking about both here in Minnesota, the Republican State Party, and uh, Ra- what's her name? I can't remember her name right now. Rana Romney the chair of the uh, RNC, she and Minnesota saying, what we have to do is we have to talk about the details of abortion rights. In Minnesota, I think they're saying, well, you know, we're not saying to completely ban abortion. We're just saying, you know, put a a cap on like maybe maybe six weeks. I don't know. I mean, you know, we're not trying to completely ban it. Democrats are trying to tell you that we're completely banning women's health care rights, and that's not true, although it is. And then nationally, you hear them talking about the Democrats want abortions right up to the last minute before birth, and then even after birth. (laughs) Now, this is incredibly dumb for them to do. The vast majority of Republicans in this country want abortion to be legal. They want women to have the option. They want women to make their own choice. Because this is 2023 and we have brains in our heads. But apparently some of us don't. Yeah, you've heard me say before that uh, that issue alone is going to be still probably the biggest part of the 2024 election. And there's no way the Republicans survive. It's going to be a bloodbath. I was on AM 950, Progressive Voice of Minnesota, the radio station here in the Twin Cities on Monday. And I I said that and went into it kind of deep. You can actually hear that as well if you go to toddmickelson.com. I have uh, a lot of uh, radio archives of me sitting in on the Matt McNeil show on AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Now, people were talking about The mugshot came out. Oh, it's so devastating and sad and painful for the United States to have a president indicted and arrested and have a mugshot. No, that was necessary. And it's great that we have a former president indicted and arrested and a mugshot because the sad, devastating and painful thing was that he became president. The fact that he was president, the fact that he was voted in to the White House. He wasn't, by the way. He lost the popular vote. And the only reason he won the electoral vote was because of Russia collusion. Jane Stein took away enough votes in three states to have Hillary not be able to beat Trump in those three states. And we're talking about, I think, 77,000 votes between all three states total. That's what put him in the White House. That's the sad and devastating and painful thing. 
People say we, we shouldn't celebrate his mugshot. We shouldn't celebrate the fact that he's been indicted four times. Yes, we should. That's justice. And yes, we should celebrate justice. We have to make up for the sad, painful, and devastating thing. And that was the fact that a criminal got put into the White House and became president of the United States. Didn't know what he was doing at all. Didn't care. Had no intention of actually doing things that the president of the United States is supposed to do. Like, for instance, make sure that China doesn't kick out our investigators so that, for whatever reason, when a disease like COVID-19 began in China, I'm not talking about what the cause was, what the origination was. I'm just talking about the fact that it arose in China. And if we would have had our inspectors and our normal people there, we probably would have contained it. But instead, China was like, oh, this Trump guy, he doesn't know anything. We're going to kick all you guys out. And they're like, you can't kick us out. And they're like, well, who's going to stop us? And they're like, yeah, right. Donald Trump's in the White House. I guess nobody's going to stop you. So there was nobody there to control it other than just the Chinese themselves. And they couldn't control it. So it got out in the world, caused a pandemic, killed more than a million Americans. Donald Trump should be indicted for that. Like I've said before, there's audio of him talking to Bob Woodward. By the way, Bob Woodward should probably be in trouble for this too. But in something like uh, March or April of 2020, saying to Bob Woodward, uh, This is really bad. This is really bad. It'll kill you. It, it gets in you and it ruins your lungs. And then he told America, Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. We're America. There's no pandemic going to come here. Completely botched any management of it whatsoever. And it killed more than a million Americans. Now, it sounds like most of those people were his voters, <laughs> his supporters. Because later on, the Republicans told everybody not to take the vaccine. So, uh, anyway, let's talk a little bit about the debate. First of all, there should be no audience at the debate. That was just a such BS. You know, it's a Fox News debate. They pile in, mo it sounded like mostly Trump supporters. So if anyone said the slightest thing that wasn't just praising Trump, they got booed. And by the way, I mean, that, that just makes it absolutely not serious at all. It's not a debate. It's a stupid propaganda rally. And who backed down then? Even Chris Christie. Chris Christie, I thought, was going to shine. I thought he was going to win back people. I thought he was, his polls were going to go up. I thought the polls would change after this debate. But nobody brought it. Nobody brought it. Ramaswamy just said a bunch of stupid crap so that he could make the news. I don't think it's going to make his poll numbers go up. Chris Christie, his poll numbers are not going up because people don't like him. The Republicans don't like him. He's the one who makes me the most nervous about actually becoming the candidate. But he's not going to be the candidate. I thought Nikki Haley actually had one of the better performances, but she's not going to be the candidate. Her poll numbers aren't going up. She's, I don't know, in sixth place or something. She's not going to be the candidate because she's not white and she's not an old man. By the way, same with Vivek Ramaswamy. I mean, Trump says it's, a fun, it's fun to say it. I mean, they make fun of him because 
He's not white. He's got a foreign-sounding name. Republicans are not going to allow that. Ron DeSantis now, it's just coming out today that in 2019, his main, uh, his, the aide that was his main fundraiser had a plan where she put together all the, the list of all their favorite lobbyists and their clients, the lobbyists' clients, and said, okay, hey, for $25,000 a person, you and your wife, which means $50,000, can go golfing with the governor. This is when DeSantis first became governor back in 2019. It's pay to play. Different prices, you can go out to dinner with the governor. You can, but you know, you're playing, you're not playing golf with the governor because you like to play golf. You're playing golf with the governor because playing golf just means standing around all day and making deals. Hey, I just gave you $25,000 and my wife gave you another $25,000. Thanks for spending the day with us. Now, what do I get? Here's what I want. Can you do all that? They accuse their opponents of doing what they do. That's what they're saying that Joe Biden did when he was vice president. And now when he's president. Pay to play to China. They're accusing Biden of it because it's what they do. That's what the Republicans do. They accuse their opponent of doing the nasty things that they know they themselves are doing. You know who else did that? The Nazis. Did we not see DeSantis coming from a mile away? You know who protests at the entrance of Disney World because they think Disney World is too woke? DeSantis supporters. And then you know who else does and stands right next to the DeSantis supporters, even in the year 2023? The Nazis. Waving Nazi flags, the swastika, at the entrance of Disney World. Because they support DeSantis. Who won the GOP debate? That's easy. Joe Biden. (laughs) I was so surprised at how uneventful it was. Yeah, there was maybe some fun moments where they kind of got yelling at each other or whatever, but Mike Pence is just doing his, you know, I, I'm here for my Lord. My Lord is the main thing. Predictable? Yes. I thought Chris Christie was going to speak a lot of sense, but he didn't. He totally backed down. He spoke maybe just a little bit of sense, but he mostly kept quiet. Asa Hutchinson did what he normally would do, but he's just not on the charts at all. Like I said, Nikki Haley, I thought actually, you know, gave one of the better performances, but it was from the old days. I've heard analysis about uh, Ramaswamy, that he's the only, he was the only modern candidate, you know, he, he's giving little short sound bites that he knows is going to keep being reported in the news afterwards. Because More people watch their favorite commentators like YouTube hosts or whatever. This is what I did. I didn't watch the debate. I wanted to, actually, but nobody else in my house wanted it to be on anywhere. And we just happened to be sitting down to eat. We're very late dinner people. Anyway, so I kind of couldn't watch the debate. Anyway, you know, you watch it afterward. You you think, I'll get the highlights afterwards. And Ramaswamy knew how to do that. The others really didn't. Unless it was them looking bad. Most of the people were doing, you know, like 
back from before Trump days. They were doing the old political maneuvering at a debate. Trump wasn't there. So I think a lot of these people thought, oh, good, it'll be like the old days and we can just say our issues and we can talk, you know, we can debate like we used to. And then Ramaswamy is just, you know, saying we should give Ukraine to Russia. And then people get mad at him and he laughs at them. Chris Christie tried to compare him to Barack Obama because Ramaswamy basically plagiarized some Barack Obama speechifying that Barack did back in 2008 at the debates. So Chris Christie was keen to that and compared him to it. And, and then Ramaswamy said, why don't you come here and give me a hug like you did to Obama? You made Obama win. Okay, that makes the news. That gets on the news. That's a clip that everybody's going to talk about the next day and the next day and the next day. What Christie did was kind of too deep. That's not going to get played. What Ramaswamy said is going to get played. Ramaswamy's a young guy who knows how the online world works. I don't think anybody else on that stage did. I thought there were going to be a lot of uh, DeSantis moments where people are attacking him and then him reacting. And, you know, that's why I thought, you know, it was worth getting the popcorn out. DeSantis never looked at anybody. He just kept staring straight ahead, looked extremely uncomfortable, like he had a fake smile on, getting sweaty. But no news, no news was made. And another thing, Christie was praising Mike Pence for not overthrowing the government, okay? Can we stop praising Mike Pence for just <laughs> for not doing what Trump told him to do? Mike Pence was Donald Trump's vice president for four years. He did what Donald Trump told him to do for four years. And then one moment he realizes, okay, I can't do what he's asking me to do because that would overthrow the government. And we're going to praise him for it? And he called a bunch of people to see if he could? He called Don Dan Quayle? Hey, do you think I can do this? Donald Trump wants me to overthrow the government. Do you think I can legally do this? So F Mike Pence. F you, Emmer Wow. No more praise for Mike Pence, please. So yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a dull headache. 2024 is going to be a dull headache. I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised at how I'm even normalizing it too much. I've, I thought that this was going to be, I thought the, that this debate was going to be like fun to watch. I thought there was going to be a lot of crazy moments where it's just like, yeah, that's it for him. There were, but they were all tamped down. So there was, it was no fun to watch. It was, nobody's going anywhere. And Ramaswamy calls Trump the best president of the 21st century. Chris Christie, not during the debate, but later on on some shows said, well, if he thinks Donald Trump's the best president, why is he running against him? He should drop out of the race right now. All of these people are afraid to go against Trump, even though they're running against Trump. It's getting boring now. I like Joe Biden boring. I don't like that <laughs> something has to take the uh, convicted rapist, twice impeached, quadruply indicted, probably going to be convicted felon. Somebody needs to take him down. He needs to be gone. He needs to be off the ballot. He needs to be in prison. And none of them are doing it. 
I thought Chris Christie was going to do it. And he chickened out during the debate. Then he gets all by himself on other shows, and then he, you know, gets tough again. But during the debate, the big moment that everybody in the country is watching, he chickened out. He calls Trump a coward. Well, so is he. They're all cowards. Every single last one of them. The two-party system is being destroyed. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Talked about it a little bit on the last uh, episode and on the radio on Monday, but something has to emerge to replace the Republican Party because they just may be extinct after the 2024 election. It's going to be a bloodbath for them. And what's going to replace them? You know, and it'll be interesting to see all these trials and stuff, but it's not going to move fast enough to keep people happy. There's going to be a lot of downtime. We really need to kind of come down from <laughs> this chaos that has been going on for the last few years. We need to get back to normal. So, you know, get back into listening to music, maybe play music, get back into playing music. If you play guitar or piano or enjoy that. And, you know, if you're listening to this, you might be a little bit like me where you're a little bit addicted to the politics and all these goings on. I, I'm really trying to spend some time doing other things. Go for a walk every morning. It's good for you anyway. And it's a great way to start the day. So we need to take care of each other through all of this. Remember the talking points. Fonnie Willis did not indict Trump. The grand jury of his peers indicted Trump. Keep that in your head and use it when somebody says, oh, Fonnie Willis was wrong to indict Trump. Fonnie Willis didn't indict Trump. We'll take care of each other throughout all of this. Thank you so much for listening to A Satellite View. I'm Todd Mickelson. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to A Satellite View with Todd Mickelson. Go to toddmickelson.com for links and more information.